We all know the huge impact that COVID-19 has had on the entire healthcare system more generally over the last three years. But what people might not know, and what I didn't know until recently, is that because of the pandemic, the number of organ donations and transplants has gone down. The numbers are starting to recover, but they're yet to return to pre-pandemic levels. And there are some really interesting reasons why. To discuss, we're joined by Associate Professor Helen Optum, who's National Medical Director of the Organ and Tissue Authority. Helen, welcome. Oh, hello. Tell us about what the impacts have been of COVID on organ donations. Maybe let's just start with the numbers. In 2022, we had 454 people who were able to donate organs after they had died, and that led to 1,224 people receiving organ transplants. And that's a slight improvement of 8% in the number of donors and 4% in the number of people receiving transplants compared to 2021. But we're still about 15% down compared to 2019 if we take that as our sort of pre-pandemic year. There are a couple of contributors to this. When I first heard this, I wondered whether it had to do with Actually, I I started speculating on all sorts of things that it might have had to do with, but explain them to us because they're actually quite complicated. One of them is about just the ability for people to consent. Yeah, that's right. So I think the first thing to say really is donation and transplantation are really, you know, complex areas of medicine. They're very niche areas of medicine. There's many steps to the process and many interdependencies. And I guess it's no surprise with the healthcare system continuing to recover from the pandemic but still be under stress that you know, the donation and transplantation programs are impacted. But one of the biggest impacts has been a reduction in the consent rate. So that's the, you know, percentage of times that there's families saying yes to donation when donation's possible in a hospital. And in 2022, we had a consent rate of 54%, which is quite a reduction compared to 2019 when we had consent rates of 62%. The hospital environment was really different during the pandemic. Did that play a role? Donations possible when someone dies in a hospital, usually in an intensive care unit, having been placed on life support, it's usually in, in a circumstance where um, someone's had a sudden illness or injury, and it's quite a rare opportunity. In fact, there's only about 1,400 people each year in Australia who die in those particular circumstances where their organs could help others um, through donation and, you know, leading someone to have a transplant. And so the journey for families when someone comes into hospital suddenly with a life-threatening illness, they might be in the hospital for hours or days, sometimes longer. And we really um, need families to come along that journey to understand what's happened and accept that, you know, death's inevitable for the person that they love. Right. So it's this sense of not being able to necessarily have been able to to mourn and say goodbye to that person because of hospitals being so restricted in access over the pandemic? 
Yeah, that's right. So a lot of hospitals, um, and particularly those that were affected by prolonged lockdowns, such as uh, Victoria and New South Wales, you know, did not allow uh, for long periods of time families to come into the hospital to visit their relatives. Or if they did, you know, it was under very limited and restricted circumstances. And so, you know, that building of a relationship between the healthcare workers and the family, them being able to come and talk face to face and spend time with their relative in the intensive care unit and then be able to sort of hear and accept that dreadful news that, you know, their relative was dying, that death was inevitable. And then being in a place mentally where they can actually understand that that's happened and then think, okay, you know, the conversation after that that will be brought up is what about donation? You know, is that something that you've talked about? You know, let's check the register and see if your relative had registered. And I think the fact that families didn't get to come along that journey in the same way. And when they did come into hospitals, you know, they were confronted with staff who were, you know, wearing visors and masks and gowns, and they themselves had to wear masks and personal protective equipment. And the whole human interaction and communication was really, um, I think, modified in a in a negative way because of that. So that's one of the really key drivers, and it's really heartbreaking to think about the fact that that had to be a driver. The other side has to do with just the riskiness of uh, transplantation and adding that to the risk that we had for people who were the most vulnerable in hospitals during the pandemic. That's right. So deciding whether to proceed with um, transplanting an organ that becomes available to someone who needs that transplant is, you know, a a balance of of risks. And when someone receives a transplant, obviously they need to come to hospital. They, after receiving the transplants, um, the transplant receive very strong uh, medication to suppress their immune system so that their body does not uh, reject the uh, organ. And they're very vulnerable at that point to catching COVID if they do catch COVID to becoming very sick with it. So I think the the balance of the the decision to proceed or not was modified, both with individuals themselves thinking, should I just um, stay away from hospitals, remain on dialysis, or should I come into hospitals where, you know, there was a risk of being exposed to many more people and then then be very vulnerable in that post-transplant phase. Um, and the advice they were getting from transplant people, I think, modified that that balance of risks. Helen, so you're saying the numbers are recovering, they're not back up to pre-pandemic levels. Organ donation is quite literally a matter of life and death for people who are on the transplant list. What can people be doing now at an individual level to help those numbers recover? Look, I think it's incredibly important that with donation being feasible in in such a small number of circumstances, every one of those opportunities, you know, is precious for those people in need of need of a life saving transplant. And I think we would all want that chance available to the ourselves and the people that we love. 
Um, yet currently only 36% of people aged 16 and above have registered to donate on the Australian Organ Donor Register. And we know when someone has registered and also told their family they want to be a donor, then when families um, are being asked about donation in those um rare circumstances where someone has died and can donate, then they know what the right decision is for their family member. And the majority of families say yes to donation under those circumstances. But if they've never talked about donation and if their family member's not registered, then only four in 10 families say yes to donation when asked. So the, the big message is um, find out about donations. Say you're willing to be a donor, register on the Australian Organ Donor Register. Uh, it's very quick and easy on the donatelife.gov.au website or it's three taps on your Medicare app. Uh, and let your family know that you want to be a donor um, so that, you know, if they are sadly in that very difficult circumstance, then the decision at least about um, that aspect of the choices at end-of-life care uh, is an easier one for them. Register your wishes, tell your family about it. Helen, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Associate Professor Helen Optum, who's the National Medical Director for the Organ and Tissue Authority. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.